Hi, good evening. Welcome to uh, the Great and Grace podcast. This is Tanya Bruton, and of course, I am your host for the show, and I'm so glad that you're here. This is episode nine of the Great and Grace podcast, and we're very excited. Um, I'm very excited tonight because uh, this week is my husband and and my it's our it's our 22nd wedding anniversary that we're celebrating in the end of this week so we decided to dedicate this program tonight to talking about uh, marriage restoration we've in in 22 years we've had just like a lot of people out there we've had some ups and we've had some downs so we're going to talk about how God helps us uh, through all of that um, and, and and how his grace gets us through some difficult times and hopefully bring some hope to anybody that might be out there struggling in their marriage. And we're going to try to relate that uh, to uh, our relationship with the Lord, our relationship with Christ and and how uh, that is a marriage too and kind of, you know, work that in there too. So tonight though, I'm really excited. I have with me uh, my husband, of course, Joshua Bruton. Josh, you want to say hello? Hello. I'm glad to have you on tonight, and then especially glad to have on um, our pastor, Mike McInerney, with us tonight. He has been our pastor for eight, nine years or so, and um, with us during the, most of our the restoration portion uh, of our marriage together. And so, Mike, do you want to say hello? Hello. Great to have you on, and we're just, like I said, we're just going to get into some discussion about... Um, about marriage and about about God's love and, and God's grace as it's displayed in his word um, towards us. So I kind of want to start out with, um, oh, first of all, uh, let me just say this show is pre-recorded, so we're not going to have call-ins. So I want to let me clear out just a few announcements real quick before I get ahead of myself. We're not going to have call-ins tonight uh, because this show has been pre-recorded. We're going we're to take a little anniversary trip, so I wasn't going to be available for the live broadcast. So we won't have call-ins um, tonight, and uh, and we are going to do a thirty-minute show tonight uh, due to um, some plans that we have. So we're going to keep it a little short. Um, again, so, and then just let me remind you, I kind of do this every week, but we just want to tell you thank you for listening to Truth Seeker Texas Radio. We are a new station, um, and so we're very glad you're here. And we just want to remind you that we do have shows every night of the week except for Friday. So um, Monday nights at 8, Mike McInerney's show, Discipleship for Life, comes on. Woo, woo, woo. Um, excellent show, 8, 8 to 9 p.m. Uh, Tuesday nights at, at, at 7, my brother, my brother, brother, Charlie, uh, Charlie Smithers show, the Traveling Salvation Show. You'll love it. Tune in on Tuesday nights um, at 7 p.m. And then, of course, Grit and Grace is here on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. And we're so thankful that you're here listening. We love all you guys and all your support. And then Thursdays at 6 p.m., Jonathan Splons, Reborn for This. Make sure to tune in for that. They're all great shows. And this is a new station. We just appreciate all your support and your feedback. So, um, and then let me open with a prayer. Goodness, I'm getting excited. So I'm just ready to get in God's word. Let me open with a prayer and then we will get started. Um, Father God, I just thank you that you're here with us right now. 
thank you for the opportunity to share your word and share your truth and just a witness of your love and your grace and your mercy in our lives. Um, I just thank you for the opportunity to speak, Lord, and I just pray that you just give me um, your words to say whatever it is that you would like me to say and move me in the direction of wherever it is you would like me to go in this discussion. And, and the same goes for Josh and for Mike tonight, that you would just, you know, give us your words because uh, without you, we are not capable of, of much, Lord. So we just thank you for your assistance tonight. We thank you for our listeners. We pray that a, spe- a special blessing on them, that you would touch their lives and, and that you would bless them and see to their needs. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. So, um, for me, I pulled an article uh, um, uh, uh, about the book of Hosea in the Old Testament. And um, I don't know um, how popular this story is, but for me, it's, it is one of my favorite love stories of the Bible because it's, it's, um, it tells of an imperfect relationship but it really uh, describes how God loves us. So I'm just going to kind of get into just uh, a little bit of the article and then we'll stop and we'll all three um, discuss um, what we think. Uh, so Hosea and Gomer, an, un- an unlikely love story. Oh, let me say real quick. Pardon me. I did get this article from Lifeway and it's by Jennifer Rothschild. And it's called the incredible scandal of God's perfect love, and I did put I did post that on the Grit and Grace Facebook page, um, if you want to follow along with me. Okay, so um, but I, I skipped down to the section entitled Hosea and Gomer: An Unlikely Love Story. Hosea was a preacher, a prophet really, who lived at a time when religious folks didn't want to hear his message. Um. The Israelites were more interested in worshiping idols than worshiping Jehovah. They were, as the hymn writer put it, prone to wonder, prone to leave the God we love. One day God told Hosea his bachelor days were up. The problem with the wedding announcement was it came with a dreadful prophecy. His wife would break his heart. Aware of Gomer's promiscuous reputation, Hosea humbled himself in obedience to the Lord. As a godly man, he surely had different hopes for marriage, those of pursuing a lover who would share not only his heart, but also his faith and convictions. Hosea hears rumors. How many times had he dreamed of late-night talks, stolen kisses in the courtyard, and holding hands as he drifted off to sleep beside the one with whom he longed to build his future? Instead, he awakened from his marriage vows to emptiness and abandonment. The Bible doesn't say when or how. All we know is that it did happen. But Hosea uh, began to hear rumors and his heart began to break. His beloved was going off with other men. He couldn't even be sure the children she bore were his, guys. Hosea, a broken-hearted father, a betrayed husband, and a bewildered preacher felt like his fragile heart would never recover. And then the final blow Gomer's wanderings had drawn her into the wrong company. I thought this was interesting. God told Hosea to do the unthinkable, to go redeem his wife. Gomer was being sold as a slave. And this is, uh, we are talking about this earlier, like, 
I'll just just real quick say like what in the world was she doing like what kind of people did she get herself involved with and this is where I see the story relating to uh, Josh and I we've had a you know like I said we had a really strong and happy marriage but I had some um, well we me and Josh have both had our issues but um, uh, I, I've, I've been in, involved with the wrong crowd but she had to she, it says she had to she had to get been in a mess to be sold as a slave. I don't know what happened there, but Hosea must have cried out to God. She's thrown my love away. Why should I have to buy back what is already mine? That right there gets to me. Why should I have to buy back what is already mine? God did the same thing when he, uh, you know, it says we we're bought with a price with the blood of Jesus. But even before that, all things under heaven and earth are his. Like he, he it's your breath in our lungs. I mean, he already owns us, but he had to buy us back. So, um, Hosea was a faithful husband. Gomer was an, an unfaithful wife. God is the faithful lover of our souls. We are often faithless pr and prone to wonder. Hosea and Gomer's story is the tr is the story of God and Israel. It is also our story. When we, like Gomer, were enslaved, God bought us back. When we found ourselves stuck in chains, we never intended. Chains of insecurity, discontentment, or fear, God freed us. When we, by our very nature, threw God's love away, he redeemed us. When Hosea bought Gomer back, when he redeemed her, he did so with 15 shekels of silver and five bushels of barley, Hosea 3.2. When God redeemed us, he paid the ultimate price with the blood of his son, 1 Peter 1, 18-19. And I'm almost done here. Gomer did not deserve to be redeemed. Her behavior did not merit merit such mercy. Israel did not deserve God's faithful betrothal. Their unfaithfulness did not merit such mercy. You and I do not deserve salvation. Our sin does not merit such mercy. So why did God redeem you? And so that's kind of just the story in a nutshell. And I just wanted us to talk. And like I said, I'll give a brief history. We were married back in 2001. We were married in the church in a um, old-fashioned Pentecostal church. Uh, we taught Sunday school together. We taught uh, the youth group together. We raised kids together. Um, at some point, um, I'd, after I had my triplets, I did develop some postpartum depression. I ended up being diagnosed, diagnosed with post bipolar disorder. I ended up getting off into some drugs and some addiction issues. I ended up cheating on my husband. My husband cheated on me. We are here together. <laughs> yes, yes, you did, my love. <laughs> we, <laughs> we are here together in public admitting that. But you know what? We forgave each other. We That's the thing. After 22 years, me and Josh, we can talk about anything. My husband loves me as Christ loved the church. He lays down his life for me. And I try, Lord, I try to, to love him as much as he loves me back. Um, um, I feel like I've, I fail sometimes. That's why I have a, a strong aversion to Proverbs 31 because I have not been good to him all the days of my life. I don't like that chapter. It makes me look bad. But um, <laughs> I don't. I just be honest about it. Um, so anyways, uh, but, uh, you know, we moved to Decatur and I met Mr. Mike McInerney sitting here with me right here and me and Mike McInerney, we worked together for a year on some of my issues and he's worked with together with my family and he's worked with me and Josh and our marriage has been restored. We did not get divorced. God has healed us 
and he's done wonderful miracles in our marriage. And so we're just here to testify about that today. And so um, you two guys, if you want to interject, like Josh, if you're ready, if you're, um, why did you stick around? Why did you, you know, like, why did God redeem us? Why did you redeem me? Why did you buy me back? <laughs> All right. I've got some scriptures here that I guess I've always gone back to. Um, I want to start with Ephesians 5, which most of us have heard, uh, you know, verses 25. You know, the Bible says, Husbands, <clears throat> love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies, that loveth his wife. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man has ever hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, mm. but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Yes. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife shall see reverence, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Now, I can't do anything about my wife, but I mean, <laughs> my part is put here in the Bible. Okay. You know, I'm supposed to love her as Christ loved the church. I'm supposed to love her as I love myself. Um, another scripture that I caught my eye today is in 1 Corinthians 7. And talking about love, he said, verse 7, For I would that all men, well, actually. What chapter? Okay. 1 Corinthians 7, 7 and 9. Oh, okay. So talking, speaking of marriage, you know, the Bible says, I would that all men were even as myself. But every man that has his proper gift to God, one after his manner and another after that. So talking about marriage, I mean, God was saying that he would rather the man not marry. But if you can't marry, in verse 9 he said, But if you cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. So, you know, to be a bachelor and, and uh, wander around with lust and fornicate, you know, the Bible wants us to, to marry and who you marry, you know, I mean, he'll put that special someone in your life. But, I mean, the most important thing is our relationship with Christ. Christ loves the church. When we do marry, we should, we should love our wife as Christ loves the church. Yes, and you do love me that way, and I very much appreciate it. And I feel like that you know you said god gives us a special someone and he's given me a special someone in you because i see the love of christ when i see how you love me and i appreciate that yeah and speaking of love romans 8 38 and 39 says for i'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, praise God. So, I mean, we're talking about a great love that Christ has 
yes. for his people, and a husband is it's high expectation for a husband to have that towards his wife. God put a pretty good. He put a pretty high standard up there for it. Yes, yes, very high standard. Yes, uh, which, which leads me to my next problem here, because <laughs> uh, in John ten. John ten ten. John ten ten. Okay. And eleven, he says, "The thief cometh not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they may have life, and have life more abundantly. Mm-hmm. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth this life for a sheep." Mm. I mean, this is Jesus speaking, but he's speaking of the enemy coming to destroy yes. and to steal. Yes, and that's what he does with everybody's lives, everybody's marriages. Mm. Period. I yeah. mean, as a Christian walking the earth, as a person walking the earth, we're, we're in a battle between, you know, Christ loves us with an unconditional love, and the enemy hates it because he's already been condemned to hell, and he don't want to be, he don't want to be in hell by himself. And But he's already made his mistakes, and he's been cast down, and there's a battle going on, which leads me to Ephesians 6. <laughs> okay. You're making some awesome points. I appreciate it. Because, like, I mean, this all just keeps co- coinciding together with, it's, it's, yes, we're talking about marriage, the world, the world concept of marriage, but we're talking about our marriage to Christ. Go ahead. What were you going to say? So in Ephesians 6, verses 12, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, so he, he commands us, so take up unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. Stand therefore, yes. So I guess where I'm going with this is, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're married, if you're not married, the enemy's going to try to destroy you. Yeah. But when you do, when you are married, God blesses, he, he put that marriage together. I was married in a church. And you know, I was married before God, and, you know, when I married him, when I married my wife, Tanya, you know, that, like I was reading there, I, you know, I'm supposed to love her like Christ loved the church, and that's a very high standard. And, I mean, sometimes that requires being abased. It requires oh, being good. Se- self- selfishness. That's good. I like that. And and as a human, you know, that is hard because, I mean, as humans, we want, we want everything to be fair. Mm. You know, we we expect 100%, 100%. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, also, the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. So, I mean, I just have to continue to have faith that, you know, in the end, God's going to win. We know that. As Christians, we know that. And, again, God's going to win. So we're faithful to God. He He will restore things in our lives. Amen. He'll restore marriages. He'll restore our lives. And that's... Excellent. That's where I'm coming from. Well, I appreciate I appreciate that, Josh. Those are that was very good points. Very good points. Um, and uh, yeah, I like I like the way you pointed that out. Sometimes he's, he does have very uh, we as women we complain. I, okay, me uh, complain about some of the requirements or requests. You know, for us, what is expected of us. But you have some high expectations of you, too. And I like how you said is that requires you to, to lay down your life for me, requires you to, what did you say, be a, to abase yourself. Yeah, to be abased. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's, that mean, was real good. That was real good. The scripture comes to mind where he said, you know, the, the one sheep, you know, the, the, the good shepherd left the fold to go find the one sheep that strayed. 
And that's that's how Christ that's how Christ looks at at all of us. You yeah. know, he doesn't want to lose any of us. He doesn't want to lose any of us. I mean, as humans, we have a tendency to easily throw people away. Yeah, that, and we we have we we look at sin differently. Yes, Christ looks at sin as sin, whereas a lie is is equal to fornication, is equal to um, killing someone, stealing. I mean, but all these all these are sin. Gossip, all in, we yeah. have a tendency to to categorize them. Yes, we categorize them, and we mm. we we deal out our own punishments. But yet, I mean, we're told we're we're not supposed to judge. Yeah. Because I mean, there's only one that's that's pure, and there's only one without sin, and he's the only one that can judge. And as humans, we just have to strive to have a deeper relationship with Christ and understanding of Christ's love and have faith in Him. Oh, uh, and yeah, and speaking of understanding Christ's love, I think Mike has something a little bit uh, of some scriptures to share towards that, Mike. Uh, Thank you for for coming in with us, and thank you for all the work that you did with us, and thank you for all the prayers that you prayed for us. Um, what do you have to to say, or if anything, toward the topic tonight? Well, first I want to say happy anniversary. First, I'd like to say, <laughs> let me adjust this microphone. <laughs> thank Especially you. Especially when I'm sharing microphone. Yes, thank you. Um, Happy anniversary. Thank you. And it's, it's quite an achievement in a day now where people quick draw a divorce and separation so easily to have two people that I love so much have 22 years. So congratulations. Thank you. And I you. hope you all have a great time on your trip. Um, one, one of the things that I think that, that is really misunderstood in the world is, is the whole idea of what love is. Because we say we love ice cream, I love my dog, you know, that sort of thing. And it's the same word we use for I love my wife. And, and, um, but it, it means different things. And so one of the things that I did when I was working on a, a book I was writing was um, I was studying – I think I'll be doing this the rest of my life. You know, studying basic words like faith, belief, love, sacrifice, mercy, grace, all that kind of stuff. And in 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 John chapter twenty one, after Jesus has risen from the dead, he he makes breakfast for people. That's that just blows my mind. Come have breakfast. <laughs> but then he has a conversation with Peter, and in that conversation, it's in it's in John twenty one, um, fifteen to seventeen. 18 in that area, and what he, what he does is he, he asks Peter three times if he loves him. Well, mm. in the Greek, it's different words. So the first two times, it's, he says, do you phileo me? Do you agape me? And, and he goes, and whenever Peter answers him, he answers him with a different kind of love word. He, he answers him with phileo uh, because he can't bear to say, yeah, I'll love you with my whole heart without any reservations because he just failed him three times before the rooster crowed, right? Okay. So, so he can't bear to do it. And I always wonder, what did it feel like yeah. to not be able to look Jesus in the eye and go, you know I love you with everything I have? Wow. So what Jesus does the third time is he downgrades it, and he says, "He says, Simon, do you uh, do you phileo me?" And he goes, "Oh, you know I phileo you." And what he was doing was he was sacrificing once again and putting aside something he wanted because which of what, was the agape. Yeah, what Peter needed. 
So when he's doing it, he's saying, feed my sheep, tend my lambs. And he's basically saying, if you agape me or phileo me, here's what you do because this is what matters to me. The sheep matter to me. So he's training this man who's a fisherman how to be a shepherd. But he's also actively loving him in this interchange. To me, it's one of my favorite stories Uh, in the book of John. Yeah. So out of this, I came to a definition of love. And my definition was, Josh, I'm still working on this because I'm a husband and I'm called to love my wife at that same standard. And it does feel overwhelming to me. And I've sat with a lot of ladies who found it really hard to respect the man they were married to. And they would say stuff like, well, as soon as he does something respectable, I'll respect, you know, that kind of stuff. I hear this all the time. Been doing this for 31 years. But, uh, This is where I am right now. I I think I'm going to keep learning so this definition will change. But to love someone else is to study the object of the one you're called to love, to discern what that person needs, and make sure they get it even if it's at my own expense. And that's what a base means. When you said that, that's what it means. I'm going to set aside my craving or what I'd like to see happening because really I love her. I want to tell a story on y'all, and I don't remember if you even did remember doing this. But we were all, because I was a pastor, I was on a radio show for another guy, another streaming radio show, and Tanya and Joshua telling their story. And Joshua, if you ever meet him, is wise and a thinking man, but he's quiet. And so he he wasn't really in the mood really to be. He's loving his wife right now because he doesn't <laughs> like doing it. But I know he loves Amen. her. Amen. You know? Yes, thank and, you. And um, of all the people I know, this guy loves his wife more than anybody I've ever seen. Um, I hope I do this with Laurie, and I, I try. But but uh, she told her story, and when she told her story, she didn't hold anything back, and it was pretty raw. And at that point, the, the interviewer, who wasn't really subtle or cool about it at all, said, how did you stay with her with her doing all that? And this is the only thing Joshua said on the radio that day. He leaned forward and he said it just like this. He said, I love my wife. Yes. When he did that, I burst into tears. Aww. And it wasn't an ugly cry. Yeah. It was just I could not. Yeah. Not cry. Right. Yeah. And 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 uh, because it was beautiful. And and we were talking earlier. We were gossiping about you. Uh-huh. And, and she was bragging on you. And she said, you know, the fruit of the spirit. I don't know if you were going to say that later. But no. she said, you know, the fruit of the spirit. I said, yeah. She goes, he's got all nine, all uh-huh. nine of them. And it's bright and shiny about it, too. <laughs> and so she sees Christ in this man. Yes. And I know that he sees Jesus in her, too. You know, um, even even with like we none of us here are going to profess to be uh, perfect about that. Correct. We all sin. We all right. fall short of the Correct. Of God. The scripture is real right. clear about That's that. Right. Yes. But I have something that I believe in, and it's the um, we can be equipped to do something. And the scripture teaches it. Beautiful scriptures Joshua was reading. And it's right there. You can go to Walmart and buy one of these Bibles or Amazon. Yes. And you could have this equipping too. Or you could stay awake in church and you can hear. Okay, preach. All right, right, preach. Hallelujah. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> but, 
But now we're getting somewhere. Having all that information <laughs> in our noggin, yes, doesn't really accomplish anything if we don't have the other element. And the other element is: do do you have the I feel like it? Okay, you know. Let's and, talk about that. Really, um, to me, the reason most people don't have the I feel like it is because we were born into selfishness. We were born into the flesh, yes. which some versions of the Bible correctly calls self. Yes. And we're self-ish. Yes. And because of that, it's hard. It's hard to set aside our stuff to love somebody else. Yes. Because what about me? What about me? Now, the people who are able to do it, you do this amazingly well. Um, and I've seen you do it, too, when it comes to your kids, when it comes to other people that are disappointing in life, you know. Yeah, people, yeah, yeah. People are disappointing. Yes. Um, is if I truly believe that God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, if I truly believe that, then I can set my stuff aside because I'm going to get mine. Because you're going to get your needs met I'm by the Lord. Mine, right? By the Lord. And, and really, when I was studying that. That's one, good. When I went to Colorado and, and they, uh, Philippians 4 and 19, I think it is, or 13. 13. 4, 13. He, he, um, I looked at that and I went, I wonder if I really believe that. 4, 19, yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, one of them is I can do all things. One, Christ 13 is strength. I can do all things to Christ. And 19, those are my two. And the 19 is to supply all your needs. Four okay. Verses yeah. That I always remember. No, but that's that's good. If you're not if you're not if you're not dependent solely on your spouse for the need, but you're dependent yeah. on God and, for the need, really. then you can give to the to the spouse and rely on God to supply your needs. When when the worldly system is let's let's dr- pull from each other. And when you look at it with this topic, when, when people approach someone else and you find that special someone, I know I was guilty of this. The reason Laurie was – what? The, the reason it was so – this is fast. This is, I know. <laughs> uh, uh, the reason she was appealing wasn't just that I thought she was cute as all heck. I think my wife is beautiful. But what I sensed she had inside her was what I needed. Yeah. And I was approaching a relationship to get. Yeah, right. And that's what most of us do. That's what we, we do. We don't even know we're doing it, but every movie, every romance novel, I imagine, because I've never read one, but yeah. all those magazines that I read, I'll try to figure you guys out, they all said that. You look for someone who completes you. Yeah. It's completely bad. You completely must. From what the yeah. scripture says. Yeah. So anyway, one of the things, that's what I wanted to say, Yeah. was that if I truly believe that God is my supplier, Yes, that is such a good point. Which is Philippians 4. That's crucial. Then I don't have to worry about getting mine. That's and crucial. Free. And you're free That's to serve. Right. You're free to serve. Because without faith, it's impossible. To, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And, you know, without faith, it's impossible to fulfill that, that unconditional love, you know, towards other human beings. Because if we're going to be worrying about how another human being is going to take care of us instead of relying on God to take care of us, we're going to constantly live in fear because humans are going to let humans down. Yeah. You know, unfortunately. Yeah. Because we're human. God is the only one that is perfect and that he has the power and the ability to do all things. Amen. Amen. Okay, guys, um, listen, this has been a great show. I think we could have did an hour if we had time. If our schedules allowed it, because this we're we're ha- we're we're just getting into the meat of the discussion, but <clears throat> pardon me, <laughs> excuse me, God is good. 
Um, so thank I just I thank you all for listening. I thank everybody for contributing. I thank Mike for his time, even though we didn't give you any notice. You you took your time out to be with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Josh, for some great contributions. Uh, I don't know what we're doing next week. I'm going to just wait for the Lord to speak to me. But as soon as I know, I will let you guys know on, on Facebook. So until then, um, I just pray a special blessing on you. And I thank God for the show tonight. May you all be blessed in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Grit and Grace podcast. Bye-bye.